What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I am your host, Dahani Joseph, and today it is one day away from the start of the NBA season, the 2022-2023 NBA season to be specific. Today I'm going to give you my NBA awards predictions. We're talking MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and Most Improved Player of the Year. These five awards are always looked at early in the season. Everybody gets their predictions in, whether it be analysts or just fans alike. Who's going to be MVP? Does that mean they're the best player? Defensive Player of the Year, is it going to be Rudy Gobert again? Giannis this time, maybe Anthony Davis maybe gets it once or twice? All these are obviously objective awards, but at the end of the day, all the players and coaches in this case, they want to get these awards, man. It means something when you're voted a coach of the year, MVP. It means that you were really on it this year. You were doing what you had to do. Your team was doing good. Or in some cases, like rookie of the year, you were just performing, showing that you were worth the hype. You were worth the pick, and you were doing your thing. So I'm going to give my thoughts and predictions on the NBA awards coming up right now. First off in the NBA Awards predictions, the Hani Joseph's NBA Awards. I'm starting off with MVP. And my pick for the 2022-2023 NBA MVP is Boston Celtics forward Jason Tatum. Now, Luka Doncic is the Vegas favorite right now. I know there's probably a couple other people they might put ahead of Jason Tatum on the odds list. You got a guy like Jokic who just won back-to-back. Giannis, Steph, you know, there's a few names floating out there. John Morant as well. But when you look at the year that Jason Tatum had last year, okay, 27 points per game, 8 rebounds, 4.5 assists, doing 45-35-85 splits. He was an all-star, all-NBA, Eastern Conference Finals MVP, and was two games away from being an NBA champion. Should have been an NBA champion if the Boston Celtics could get rid of that turnover bug they never did against the Golden State Warriors. That's really the only thing that was holding them back, and I foresee them going back to the finals and rectifying those issues, ultimately becoming the champions this year, but that's another issue for another day. Jason Tatum, we've seen the improvement year in, year out. Every year, he's up to scoring average. Rookie year, 14 points. Next year, 16. Next year, 23. Next year, 26. This past year, a tad under 27. So, we can expect the production to stay the same, maybe even go up. Maybe giving him around 28, 29 points per game. I understand that he has more scoring help this time with Malcolm Brogdon coming into the fray. And then you have a guy like Marcus Smart, improved three-point shooter. Three-point shooter all around him and Jalen Brown ascension as well. But we look at the other candidates on this on the roster for... MVP, Tatum is probably going to have one of the better records. When you look at the Mavs with Luka, he's a front runner. 
I think Boston's going to have a better record than the Mavericks. And, like, Jokic with Nuggets, that's debatable. I still think Boston will do better. Really, the only team that I think will do better, potentially, in the Eastern Conference, or in the Western Conference, for that matter, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Bucks are loaded this year. Obviously, they might not be looking to get that number one seed because they really don't need it as long as they have home point advantage for most of the playoffs, and even then so. When you have Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, getting a guy like Joe Ingles in free agency, all the requisite pieces that they have at their disposal, you really got to think, okay, Milwaukee could easily win a championship. Easily. Easily be a number one seed. I say, however, the Boston Celtics will get that one seed. And typically, NBA history, you got to be a one or two seed to be the MVP unless you do something historic like Russell Westbrook's triple-double season when he was a sixth seed in Oklahoma City. But Boston will most likely be the one or two seed in the East. I understand Joel Embiid's there, too, knocking on the door, be like, hey, where's my MVP? I've been doing great things for the last two, three years. No MVP to show for it. He's probably going to be another front-runner throughout this entire season. And the Philadelphia 76ers will be contending for that number one spot in the East as well. But when it all is said and done, Boston, man, they have the talent. They know the winning formula. They got to the finals last year. They just got to cut down on turnovers, and they can easily be right in that mix. I know it's not that simple to say, well, if you get the one thing done, yeah, but they should have won. They should have won last year in the finals. That's my belief. Of course, injuries can happen. You don't know what's going to happen in terms of different teams, constructions, how that will match up in the postseason. All that to be said, Boston has a legit team, and Jason Tatum is a top-five player in the NBA. He's a superstar, and he needs to be treated as such. As a result, Jason Tatum, my MVP pick for 2022-2023. Now let's get into the Defensive Player of the Year award. Now this one is going to be controversial. I already know it. This player... He is a three-time All-Star, 2019-2020 Steels champion, two-time All-Defensive player. His name is Ben Simmons. I understand most people aren't a fan of Ben Simmons at this current point in time, whether it be for the off-the-court issues, him missing the t- entire year last year and not playing since that tragic flame-out in the playoffs against Atlanta when he passed up the open dunk, passed it to Matisse Thibault, and then we all know what happened from there. But I don't understand why people are so down on him. Like, yes, he didn't play. But when he is playing, he doesn't shoot. Yes, we totally get that. He's not going to be a shooter. If he shoots 1-3 a game, the whole internet will explode once that first shot goes up, make or miss. That's how much people care about Ben Simmons and his potential, which I understand. Back when he was... Even coming out of Mount Verde, going to LSU. I was like, okay, this dude is LeBron 2.0. He can do everything that LeBron can do. He's an athletic freak. He can pass. He can shoot it. Great defender, all that stuff. Oh, did I say he can shoot it? I lied. <laughs> he can score at the rim. He cannot shoot it. Um, it's the only thing that he can do. We all thought that he was going to be LeBron 2.0. That wasn't the case. But what is the case is that Ben Simmons is 6'10", 6'11", around 240 pounds, moves like a guard, plays the point guard position, and can guard one through five, no questions asked. He probably will end up playing a lot of guard, maybe slid to the power four, maybe even center some small ball lineups in the Steve Nash, Brooklyn Nets system. 
but he'll be guarding the best players on him. On a consistent basis. In the preseason, we saw him guard Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I forget the stat, but Giannis shot under 40%. Maybe he was even under 30% when Simmons was guarding him. That says something when you can hold Giannis to under 40%, 30%, whatever it was. Just because Ben Simmons hasn't played in a while doesn't mean his defensive instincts, his chops on the defensive end, getting steals, getting blocks, just being a presence in the paint, on the perimeter, wherever he's at. That's still there. And, yes, as I mentioned before, he's still got a guy like Rudy Gobert. He's going to be on the Minnesota Timberwolves who can easily make a run in the playoffs just because of the players that they have. Um, Maybe that's a little preview to what we got going on later in the most improved section. But Rudy Gobert is going to be a defense all into himself like we've seen for the last however many years when he was in Utah. And then a guy like Giannis, of course, is always going to be in the mix. Evan Mobley maybe comes into the fray as a DPOI candidate with Cleveland. Anthony Davis, he's always in there as well. There's a few guys that we know are going to be in that conversation. Macau Bridges as well. Kawhi, if he plays enough games. But, man, the one thing that the Nets needed outside of just consistency in their roster last year was defense. They could always score. There was never a problem with scoring. And Simmons definitely helps that scoring. He helps the facilitating. But he's going to be their defense. If they rise to a top 10, borderline top 10 defense in the NBA this season, it's because of Ben Simmons. There's no other way to put it. It's because of Ben Simmons that the Nets will be going on defense. And if they make a deep playoff run, it will be because of Ben Simmons. Because of that, he is my defensive player of the year pick. Ben Simmons, DPOY, 2022-2023. Write it down, book it, it's happening. Next, let's get into the Rookie of the Year. My pick for Rookie of the Year. If you don't follow me on Twitter, I've talked about this a lot already. Who I like for this award. Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray, man, coming out of Iowa. One of the most polished, one of the most pro-like, most savvy players coming out of the draft. Outside of really Paolo, there was nobody else that was... As talented, obviously you had the the tantalizing potential of a guy like Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith Jr. We saw that. And Chet's hurt now, but I'm sure he would have had a great rookie season. Jabari remains to be seen. The summer league wasn't exactly kind to him in terms of his shooting and whatnot. Powell only played two games. But when I saw Keegan Murray play, play the way that he was playing and ended up getting the MVP of the summer league, I was like, wow, this dude's legit, okay? He averaged the fourth most points per game in the summer league and the most amongst the rookie class with 23.3 points per game. He also had 7.3 rebounds per game, and he shot 50% from the field and 40% from deep. My comparison with Chris Middleton is, um, excuse me, with Keegan Murray, it's always been Chris Middleton. I just think they play so similarly. Their games are both very smooth. Mid-range operators can hit the knockdown three. The um, consummate number two guy on any roster, on any title-contending roster, that's who you want. And I think that when it's all said and done, Keegan Murray can be a potential all-star for this team, for this Sacramento Kings team. Of course, if they can get their, their ownership management style, get that fixed up. But 
Keegan Murray is a guy that's going to have be a multiple all-star. He's going to be a 54-90 guy at least once, if not multiple times in his career. I think in the summer league, he averaged a shade under 90, maybe 88, 87%. He'll get that up. And he's going to get opportunities because Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell, these guys will be looking for him. And those guys are going to take a lot of the shots. So Murray's going to get a lot of open opportunities to shoot, to create for himself. I like the odds for Keegan Murray to be Rookie of the Year. Of course, a guy like Paolo is going to get a lot of opportunities as well because Orlando only has so much talent on that roster, the talent devoid. So Paolo's going to get a lot of shots. Um, Tets, Hurt, Jabari's. He's in Houston with a situation that maybe he'll get a lot of shots. I know Jalen Green is their option. And after the last few games that he had last year, almost 30, per, or 30 points per game on great efficiency. He can be a guy that takes a lot of shots. Benedict Matherin's another guy that I like. He can probably be second in Rookie of the Year, to be honest. He's a guy that's a pure scorer. He'll get a lot of run in Indiana. He'll have lots of reps to, to get some to get some buckets. That's that's what he is, a pure bucket getter. But at the end of the day, Keegan Murray is going to be maybe one of the better players of this draft class. And at least for this coming season, he's going to be Rookie of the Year. Next up, most improved player. Now, this one wasn't as hard as I feel like it could have been. There's a few names that people could have said. I heard a lot of Zion, which I mean, yeah, but it really most improved if he was injured. Because when he was playing, it was like 27-7. and You knew what he was going to give you. I'm not really sure if that counts as most improved. I'm not a voter. I'm not voting, so you can say what you want. My vote for this one, Anthony Edwards. Now, Anthony Edwards last season, he averaged 21, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 44, 36, 78 shooting splits. He was the prototypical shooting guard that you can want in the modern NBA. Athletic super freak, dunk on an entire team if he wanted to. Defensively, he has the potential to be a tenacious defender. The reason why I put him here is simply because of the fact that he's going into his third year. For those who aren't aware, the third year is typically that that point where it's a litmus test. Like If the player in the third year, they come out guns blazing, they've had time the last two years to get used to NBA defenses, on NBA training, treatment, all that type of stuff. They usually come out and show that, all right, if you're a superstar, we're going to see. If you're just a, a role player, we're also going to see. It's very clear in a lot of situations. In Kobe Bryant's first two years, he averaged 7.6 points per game, 15.5 points per game. Didn't even start on his Lakers team. Third year, 20 points per game. LeBron James, 21 points per game his first, 27 his second, 31 and a half his third year. Obviously, LeBron, LeBron's a little bit different because we understood the hype coming in. Kevin Durant, 20 points first, 25 second, 30 his third year. Carmelo, 21, 21 again his second year, a little stagnation, a little backwards, if anything. And then third year, almost 27 points per game. So we see that third year is usually telling of whether a player could be a superstar. And just from 
knowing who Anthony Edwards is. Like he's a hard worker. He's gonna be in your face, aggressive. He knows what he wants to do on the floor. He's gonna do it, and he just has to work. We've seen him be a workhorse before. So I have no doubt he's coming into this season with a vengeance. He wants to go into Memphis, take down Memphis. That that type of rivalry that the NBA has kind of been lacking, I think that will be renewed with Memphis and Minnesota. Anthony Edwards, I can easily see him averaging close to 26 points per game this coming year. Five and five, maybe a steal and a half per game. He's going to have the ball a lot in terms of ball handling responsibilities. He'll be able to score the ball with the best of them. May even be contending for a scoring title, depending on how everything shakes out. He's going to have the opportunities on a Minnesota squad that's looking to contend with the acquisition of Rudy Gobert. They're looking to contend in the West, which is going to be tough. But if Anthony Edwards takes that next step to superstar him this year, becoming an all-star, becoming an all-NBA shooting guard, they could be a top three seed in the West. Because of Carl Anthony Towns, who's already an all-NBA caliber big man, as well as Rudy Gobert, and you have the subsequent pieces around you like a D'Angelo Russell, guys like Nas Reed off the bench, guys who know how to play the game of basketball, who will get in your face defensively. And shooting may or may not be an issue, but they can always get trades done. If Anthony Edwards takes that next step, he will be the guy to potentially take Minnesota to their first Western Conference Finals since KG. It's really that simple. He's he's that special of a talent. And I think he's going to be most improved player 2022-2023. Finally, Coach of the Year. Now, initially, my Coach of the Year pick was Ime Udoka. This was before the Ime Udoka scandal. So I want to make that clear. As much as I like to say that because the Boston Celtics will do so good, Joe Mazzula will get the award, eh, I, I had to change my pick solely solely just because I don't, I don't think that will happen. However, after reconvening with, with all, my, all my sources, <laughs> all my sources being me, myself, and I, I believe that it will be Doc Rivers who comes away with the coach of the year. Now, he hasn't won the Coach of the Year since the year 2000 in his first season with the Magic. And that playoff, that team didn't even make the playoffs. So that's super surprising. But, I mean, when you look at everything, you have a guy, Joel Embiid, who's looking to an MVP. He might do it this year. I think Jason Tatum will, will get the award, of course. But strong case for Joel Embiid once again. You have a, a budding star. That's the word. Budding star and Tyrese Maxey. James Harden, who's looking in shape. We always say that every year. But, you know, this year he looks like he's ready to commit. He saw the contract extension. They have so much depth around them. P.J. Tucker, DeAnthony Melton go on and on on the bench. They have a squad this year. And this team could, could look to win 55 or so games, maybe even more. They have the talent. They have to just keep up with the consistency and the talent. I've seen the consistency in winning. They have the talent. All they have to do is get the camaraderie, teamwork, all that good stuff. They could be one of the best teams in the NBA when it's all said and done. And Doc Rivers could be the coach of the year when it's all said and done. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Make sure to like, 
share, all that good stuff. You guys already know what to do. You've been here for a minute now. I think my predictions are pretty legit. I wouldn't be surprised if all these predictions came true. You come back to this episode and be like, hey, Dahani, you were right. I should start listening to you more. That's exactly what's going to happen, man. Jason Tatum, MVP, Keegan Murray, Rookie of the Year, Ant Edwards for Most Improved, DPOY, Ben Simmons, and Coach of the Year, Doc Rivers. Write it down. If you guys need a bet, you can bet. Um, don't do underage betting. <laughs> but, yeah, guys, that's all I got for you today. NBA season starts tomorrow. I'm very excited. Going to do live reaction after the game. It's going to be a good season. Man, I'm hoping for all-time great performances from all the guys that I mentioned before because, you know, I think they're going to do something special this year. And even people who are going to be in the running, I mean, think of what John Morant's going to do with a full offseason. Work more on his shooting. He was already sensational last year. Luka Doncic coming in in shape. Joel Embiid. I think at the rookies, like Paolo, I'm sure he's going to do great things once he gets over that little rookie curve. Jabari Smith. Like, so many of these guys are... The league in general is just super talented. So talented this year. And that makes for an even more compelling season than usual. Because usually we already know who's going to be contending. For so long, it was Cleveland, Golden State, Cleveland, Golden State. Then you got the Milwaukee's in there. Toronto one year, Lakers. But now it's like we had like maybe like eight or so teams that could really contend. Maybe that's not even scratching the surface. Like legitimately content, we have so many guys. It was so wide open this year. I love that. I love basketball. I love the NBA. I'm going to keep doing these podcasts, man. NBA season one day away, like I said. Going to continue to keep churning out content. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, take care.